they define us. Whether you're seeing with two eyes, and McDonald's has two, red and yellow, we're a slave to colors. And colors compose all the spectrum of the rainbow. These days, though, we only see blue or black. Back in the day, they only saw black or white on their TV screens and in life. There's one difference, though. It wasn't only black and white. There were shades of gray, and in those states, we shall proceed with the first episode of The Watchmen. Or, technically, Watchmen. Basically, because we can rewind and go back to the first two colors, it is yellow with a touch of blood. The, uh, the location is Tulsa, Oklahoma. And that's my opening. <laughs> <laughs> cool. It literally sounded like a poem. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I didn't understand any of that. <laughs> well, I was Much going on like colors and just. <laughs> I was going on colors. Yeah, but we, we have the black, players. white, gray, yellow. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say blue, but then it like it sounds like that, that old school. Um, well, it's black and white and blue all over. <laughs> that, uh, well, I did say, like, yeah. these days we only see blue or black. So. Yeah. But uh, we have the players right now within this series that was created in, what, 2018? Uh, 19. Yeah. yeah. 2019. Okay. Yeah. Well, technically you're right, though, because I think they probably recorded some 18, released 19. But yeah, yeah. And it was a very prescient series, honestly. Uh, And that's why I think I wanted to really do this podcast, because we're seeing a lot of strife right now with colors in terms of everything. The red, white, and blue, the... uh, the old uh, guard in terms of the the south so technically i think their color is like the the confederate flag is red white and blue right two right yep yeah Mm -hmm. which is so weird um but you have the players norton do you want to take this away no i have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) Okay. Like literally, I do not. This is completely off the rails at this point because you are just talking into a vacuum over there. Well, it could be vacuous a little bit. So First we... of all, <laughs> this podcast was my idea, not yours. So thanks oh, for sure. taking credit, penis. <laughs> yes. Swing my Secondly, big let's yeah. organize this because for the love of all things holy, no one's going to know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> this is a podcast discussing the first episode of Watchmen, an HBO show that came out in 2019, which is yeah. now available on HBO Max. You have an HBO subscription through your cable. You can get it for free. <laughs> okay, See how I simple that, that was? That. I, I got to say that was awesome. <laughs> like, Jesus, fuck. Um, the show opens (laughs) parenthetical Jesus fuck the show opens the episode opens on a black and white old school silent film which Mm. uh, has to deal with Bass Reeves who was the black marshal of Oklahoma I think they say yeah the black Mm -hmm. marshal so please explain because like uh, I've only done one quick thing could you explain like step by step everything that breaks down because i gotta be honest the first time i watched this i was like what the fuck did i just watch there, yeah, yeah it's, it's so a weird i yeah. mean the 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 easiest way to do this the most linear version of this is a pretty simple story of like 
You Toss have a up. lot of different cuts to different things, but it starts out in the past, it winds up in the present, and then at the very end, you wind up with a sort of a bit of a mix because okay. yeah. you have this, it opens up on the Bass Reeves uh, silent film where he is a mm-hmm. black sheriff. It's a silent like, film you know, too. In like, um, he's kind of in like a, like a, I really want to say like a cloak. It's a cloak, right? Like with a Yeah, cow? it's a cloak. Yeah. Yeah. So he's chasing down like this preacher guy who's, I guess, like a dick. And mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's like, oh, the, the preacher's a piece of shit. And all the white people come out of the church and they're like, what are you doing to our preacher? And Bastard's <laughs> is like, he's a piece of shit. Don't worry about him. No, technically fucking, it's like, the know, sheriff of the The mob the is town. like, let's hang him up and, you know, mob justice. And he's like, nah, bro, it's the law. We'll, we'll deal with this the right way. Yeah. And then at the very end of the episode, you end up with uh, Judd Hopper, I think his name is hanging from a tree with a little, like, not, an old black man who is played by Louis Gossett Jr., I want to say, yes. how you pronounce it? Yeah. Wow, you Sitting say, yes. from in a wheelchair a under a tree by his hanging body. I remember that. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. I, there was, that was a hook for some reason. Why was that a hook? I forget. Um, it's pretty much like an iconic scene only because it it ties into the Watchmen thing because at the very, very end, when the camera pans down to the little sheriff symbol that's laying on the ground, a spot of blood falls on it. So that's how it ties into uh, the Watchmen with the comedian and the pin yeah, with the smiley face. That. Yeah. Um, but basically what happens in the episode is that we start off on the silent film. We pull back and we find there's a little boy watching it. It leads us into the tragic Tulsa massacre of 1921, I believe it is. 1921, yes. Which is when... Uh, Government sanctioned, no less. The Ku Klux Klan went in and basically just burned down a successful black town, and a that, city. That actually happened. That was the big Had happened about before, this. by the way. Yeah. This is just Wait, it happened before that, too? What? That happened but twice? Wait. Yeah, no. it actually did it, it happen. I was watching um, this thing on uh, PBS like this weekend, and they were talking about how there was like, there was a city in, I think it was North Carolina. It, well, it wasn't a city. So what happened was there were a bunch of elected officials who were black in North Carolina. And so the white people, the I guess the big racists over there decided, we can't have this. Like, we can't have black people in power or else blah, blah, blah. So they essentially, through, you know, force, they dragged them out. They lynched them. They got them thrown out. They killed them. And then they just replaced them with, like, comfortable white figures. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Man, yeah. yeah. True story. Fucked. <laughs> fucking crazy uh that, i think uh, it's called the reconstruction yeah, yeah. it's like it's um what's his face uh, the actually he's in the show too um henry lewis gates mm-hmm. i think his name is interesting yeah. okay yeah yeah the and the, the weird the weird thing is that you think that kind of sometimes and this is going to sound like out of left field although everything that i've said is out of left field yeah but pretty on point for you so far (laughs) yeah it's kind of on brand it's what i do but the thing is like sometimes when people want to uh create life especially within a forest they burn down the forest just recreate life we were watching something like that uh i don't know was it last week something like that i'm pretty sure a race riot is not the same no but the thing but the thing is that sometimes when you burn a forest down, it just burns the forest and that's it. Yeah, that's called a wildfire, not a controlled <laughs> fire. 
Yeah, but they're two very different things. But they think that it's a controlled fire. That's the thing. No. Yeah, they do. And that's the thing. Like, you sometimes they think, well, you have to trust in the law, and that's it. But what is the law then? I mean, who (sighs) knows? That's. That All that's right, the whole thing. Who watches the no, but no, no, no. I know no. In, in the Pine Barrens, will... sometimes forest fires accidentally yeah. grow more trees, and I only know mm-hmm. that because I researched exactly. a lot about the Jersey Devil. Anyway, um, what were we fire can about? definitely grow trees. Well, the yeah. the, ac- the burning of it accidentally spreads the seeds more apparently, and then that scatters to the wind, and then hence mm-hmm. more trees grown. But that's not really like no controlled or intentional. It's, it's kind of just nature. It seems yeah. like it is from like the top down <laughs> when it comes to like law enforcement but who watches the watchman that's all right no what it comes just, down to we're no anyway so we get this little boy he's seven years old he survives the tulsa massacre because his parents put him in a carriage and send him away uh okay. mind you this is extremely uh or at least to me this this was very reminiscent of the way Superman's origins go. Um, And that's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching it. And funnily enough, later on in the series, you'll find that the creators also, I guess, had that in mind because they do mention it later on in actually a pretty jarring episode, but we'll get to that anyway. So he survives. At the very end of this particular portion of the episode, you see him in a field outside of Tulsa, and it's, you know, the people who drove the thing are dead because, of course... And it's just him and this baby. And he picks up the baby and he just kind of leaves. And that's when the titles show up and it says, like, it's hot as fuck and we're going to need more ice or some shit. (laughs) No, you are so off. off. You are so off. It's a song lyric, apparently. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's from Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's. Brilliant. I don't know, dude. I I've never seen Oklahoma. Well, oh uh, that's God. cool because Oklahoma was in the the big uh, the mid part of the episode. Yeah. So, after you get the little kid, it cuts very strongly mm-hmm. to, uh, I believe it's it goes to the Regina King, explaining why you have to separate the white and the yoke, which to me was kind of an interesting. No. <laughs> No, it doesn't cut to that. Technically, not yet. No, it cuts to present day, and that oh, we... that's right. It goes to the murder first. Yeah, right? uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. I so just watched this, this. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Because it transitions from the little kid standing in the field to the field in present day. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Mm-hmm. So then we get this car driving down, and of course, you know, it's a uh, it's a white dude listening to rap music because who doesn't love rap music? Sometimes it's very good. No, it's very true. I mean, and so he gets yes. pulled over. And the cop comes, and as he is getting his registration and information, the cop happens to notice something in his glove compartment, mm-hmm. which I thought for a minute was a gun only because it looked like he had it, like, wrapped up, and he was kind of, like, tucking it back. Yeah. So I thought that's what the cop noticed, but apparently it's something different. Yeah. It is a, uh, it's what's called a Rorschach mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is the part that out. threw me off, but yes. What? Oh, so this is the part that threw me off, because, like... 
I'm I'm a I was a huge fan of Watchmen the movie, which is probably the only thing from Snyder I absolutely adore. And um <laughs> and uh, what is it? Uh, the comic itself. Yeah. So like when I saw that, I was very confused the first time around. Eventually, as I watched more of the mm-hmm. series, I was like, oh okay, I guess that ties together. But I wasn't the biggest fan of it because I actually really like Roshark in the in the comic books. Um, yeah. but but yeah. I so... honestly don't get why Roshark is the one, except for that one part in the very beginning where they kind of echo his words about like you know cleaning off the filth in the city and all this yes 100 percent, and very much the same thing with the comic like besides that one utterance Ro- mm. roshark isn't really uh he's not really the person you'd see as the as a figurehead for this like i can see symbolically yeah. why they could uh what's appropriate it yeah. yeah but i don't think he was like a crazy you know racist no right wi- like he just seemed like an a guy who didn't believe in anybody except yeah. vigilante justice yeah, Basically. and I, I think that's kind of an interesting message that the show gives because it's one of those situations where, you know, if you assume that this show holds the original Watchmen as canon, and is, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Damien Lindenhoff, however you pronounce his name. <sighs> My yeah. arch nemesis, yes, continue. <laughs> <laughs> he has expressed the fact that he considers this to be a remix of the Watchmen universe. And if you think about it, I think there's a lot of instances in in regular times when we take historical figures or historical uh, symbols and we sort of twist them for our own desire. Like, I mean, I know it's a horrible example just because it happens to be the most, uh, the easiest one to do, but you have the swastika, which for years and years, yeah. and for centuries, was actually a sign of like good luck and prosperity yeah, and all peace. that. I mean, I think it exists in like Sanskrit or some shit. I forget where it's from. It was Muslim, a symbol maybe? of peace. It's I old. I know that. Like, it's very, very old. But, at but some then they point, repurposed it. get the Nazis who take it and they ruin it. So it's almost like this, where it's like Warshak is this person who was never about any of this, but these people took his symbol and they basically ruined they bastardized it. bastardized it. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which I, yeah, like that was powerful to me because it also made me a little bit happier. I'm like, all right, I guess it's not Roshark was an asshole as much as it was just people appropriated the symbol. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think a, like the, the show has a lot of good potential. I think the problem with it is that it is extremely obvious, like a lot of the things about it. So to think a little deeper onto it is kind of hard because when you first watch it, you're like, oh, you're just going to hit me in the hammer with everything, huh? Yeah, yeah, I was kind of upset about that too because I I'm a huge Alan Moore fan and I love his writing style and like there's a theme oh, here yeah. Yeah. where he's he's very much an anarchist. Oh, um, he is totally. And so like when I saw what was happening with the show, I was a little disappointed in that sense because I'm like, this seems too organized for what Moore's you know message of anarchy that it's not good evil, it's institutions on the whole that are fucked and that everyone's yeah. fucked. That's usually what I get away from an Alan Moore type thing, yeah. which is a horrible mess. I'm like a depressing, a depressing message, but it does have some merit to it to an extent. It's just uh, what what this show was becoming, and I only finished like half of it uh, when I first watched it. Um, mm-hmm. I like I I was interested, but I wasn't like fully sold. So I don't, I actually don't know what where it goes and stuff towards the back half. So which is why um, this would be cool. You said you saw up to episode six. Yeah, I eventually they all kind of blurred. It was the the um. I was gonna say I shouldn't spoil this, but then I realized we're gonna spoil it. No, yeah, uh, the, go ahead. the Vite, yeah, the Vite stuff is what kind of threw me off, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck. Oh, well, the, here. Ozymandias. Yeah, I was just like, I think he's not here fully. I don't know where he is exactly. It's separate from 
whatever the fuck's going on. At that point, I kind of just got lost. I was just like, all right, I'm gonna watch yeah. this in the future at some point, and I never did. So. What you what uh, Norton? What do you think about the Ozymandias thing? Um, I mean, take a little break from my linear breakdown. Uh, I I honestly, so I finally have been reading some of my back EWs and. They had an article about this, and they had an interview with him, with um, I think Regina King and a possibly uh, Damian Lindelof. I'm not 100% sure, but whoever it was, uh, they were talking about how they kind of treated the Ozymandias storyline like the pirate storyline that was in the original Watchmen comic. Oh, that's uh, true. Okay, yeah. Okay. It's almost like a um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, what are those? Like a like an uh, an aperitif or like an appetizer, like kind of like a a palate cleanser, if you will. Okay. Okay. Sorry, not an appetizer, but the aperitif one works. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. um, basically, like a, a palate cleanser. So, like you know, because if you if you really pay attention to the series, it's fairly heavy and it's fairly depressing on a lot of levels. Um, I mean, it's mm. cool and it's amazing that a lot of the things that happen and as a as a lady watching this, like I just, I loved a lot of Regina King's character and a lot of what she gets to do and a lot yeah. of the, the, um, she's the queen she King. gets to have. So that was really nice for me. But, um, in terms of the racism stuff, that was very, very heavy and very disturbing appropriately. So, <laughs> and so it was As kind well. of yeah. nice to have this weird sort of, old dude that you kind of think, you know who he is, but you're not a hundred percent sure. But then by like, I think it was episode four or so. You you realize who he is, or maybe it was episode two. I forget when they give it away. Yeah, yeah. I can't but remember. Point, but it was it like was. You're a cool watching story. this guy, and you're like, okay, this is Watchmen. This guy is about the right age. I wonder if it's Ozymandias because so far they haven't really used anyone from the original except for Rorschach, and in that mm-hmm. case, they kind of disabused or abused him. Yeah, yeah. And then like you deal with like a uh, lady true. That's and later that, though. She's that's not. Later, though. She doesn't show up in. She doesn't show up until pretty much like the back half of the show. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, it does. It does deal with Ozymandias, though. Yes, she is so. tied to him, and we will get to that in other episodes. Yeah. I don't really see the point in mentioning it now, though. Okay, because I'm cause just I like. like I like her. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I don't know. That. I do like. <laughs> I do like the fact that, like, when it this first episode starts out, it deals with, like, a silent film. That's actually kind of cool. Uh, artistically, I agree. Yeah. I yeah. Li- I like the transition. I like the black and white because that very much was symbolic. I, I, I think that, like, the entire series is beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. It is beautifully shot. I will. It, it like... The visuals are very, very captivating in this mm-hmm. show. Even the terrible ones. What do you mean the terrible ones? You know, like the violence and the uh, yeah, no, like that's the awful true. stuff. Yeah. I feel like violence is important to this though, because it is very it is. important. Yes, yeah. no, I agree. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not I'm not saying that it's not useful in this case because I feel like this is one of those rare shows where the violence isn't necessarily gratuitous. It's very very important to understand in the context of certain things that happen in the show. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, you're talking about Ozymandias, you're talking, like, what he does to the people, the two servants that he lives with, is almost galling at a lot of times. You're just kind of like, Jesus, fuck, why? Yeah, that's true. 
but we'll get uh, to that later at some point. You kind of, you slowly get to realize why he doesn't care on certain things and why he happens to be so yeah. 100% invested in just kind of taking it all the way. It's because yeah, you know, he that's, can. That's what threw me off about this show, too, is like, because they didn't, as you mentioned, they didn't uh, name the characters immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it started, I was like, how... How was any of this attached to watch yes, minus who is the that? Roshark who is that? like implication? Yeah. And who um, is that? I think it's one of those things where you kinda have to be open to it. Like the I think the problem with basing something like this on a property that is as well known and as well loved as Watchmen is that you're going to have to overcome the hurdle of the fanboy or fangirl that is going to only see through that tunnel and say like, oh, well, if this isn't 100% Watchmen or if I don't 100% understand how this is connected to Watchmen, then I don't really give a fuck about it. 100%. And luckily, like, I hate Watchmen. I, I was never a huge <laughs> fan of it. Oh, I never yeah. got it. And, I never and, thought and it was that the, big a deal. Yeah. So for me to watch this, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm curious. I'll find out where this goes. And the funny thing is that I always tell you how great Watchmen is, and she she is always like, I don't give a shit. Like, no, it's <laughs> stupid. You know that you want to hear the best part about it, though? Oh, uh, well, yeah, enlighten us, Norton. In my little Wikipedia dive and uh, my obsessive, you know, researching on Watchmen for a little while, I found out that Alan Moore... So he writes this stupid thing, right? And he makes it like, he's like, oh, what if we put like superheroes in the real world and made them real human beings? And then Mm -hmm. later on, when all these other fucking comics come out and do basically the same exact thing, if not ramping up the violence and the depravity, then he's like, oh, I don't know why these people went in that direction. I really thought my thing was more hopeful than that. And I'm like, are you fucking stupid? (laughs) You write this dystopian graphic novel about these fucking assholes who ruin the world not to mention a super smart intelligent guy who realizes that the only way to save humanity is to basically fucking murder it and you're gonna go ahead and be surprised that people came out with the boys or any of the other, i can't think of any other really violent uh, brad pack of... brad pack's pretty good there but... you go probably preachers on his list of like oh Preacher. it got all yeah. violent and weird yeah it got violent and weird because you did fuck face how did you think that was gonna go I 100% agree with you on that. I do find it very funny that he he denounces all these things that was mm-hmm. in large part because of the works that he did. And just yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah. he wrote this whole fucking thing. He basically destroyed comic books and built them up as this, you know, you you're like, it's essentially, he basically said, like, hey, you know what? I'm going to have Superman just take a piss right on Batman. Done. Because he can, and Batman knows he can. <laughs> And then everyone's going to write that, and he's going to be like, I don't know why everyone did that. It, I thought him taking a piss on Batman would give everyone hope. <laughs> like, what are you, like, that would melt Batman, though. <laughs> like, if he that? were to take a piss on Batman. Damn it. I kind of wish we could like record quotes for like the the, um, the label of this podcast, because that would be, that'd be a perfect one. Um, <laughs> No, and like I find it funny that, and granted, I love Alan Moore, but I do find it funny that he initially said like comic books are for kids. Why would adults read comic books? Yet you're writing adult comic books. Well, see, I couldn't find that quote anywhere. The only thing I found that kind of sounded like that was the fact that he was like. I want to see what it's like to put superheroes in the real world and make them human. No, you said that like multiple times. 
What? He said that like multiple times. I don't know. When I was looking it up, I didn't find that at all. But yeah. the only thing I did hear him say was that he wanted to see what it was like if if superheroes were human. Right. So, so like a, a lot of it has to do with like just time period. This is the this is like the moment where the um the com- was the comicus authority yeah. started loosening up a little bit of the restrictions. So you got like the Sin mm-hmm. City shit, and then you had the Alan Moore crap, which was bonkers, bananas, like really like out there what you can get away with. Uh, so in a weird way, I guess this was sort of him rebelling against the man, like everybody else was kind of doing. And he, he was definitely a founding father of, of that type of gritty graphic novel that I think became very popular in Hollywood, uh, circa 2008 dark Knight type shit. Right. But yeah, I don't know. Like it's weird seeing this guy who wanted to push the limit completely hate it, even though he still does it on a daily basis. Like the shit he writes is still pretty pretty fucked up i mean oh i love his writing I love yes his like writing. i did too but at the same time i'm like how can you tell other people that they can't do this yeah like yeah. And get yeah. mad people are profiting off of this yeah like when that's, that's your that's the part whole... i always i'm like go fuck yourself guy like i, I think can't. it's the I anarchist philosophy though like that, that's my own, that was always been my issue with anarchy is Actually, it doesn't make you know, any sense you're totally right yeah. that is an anarchist philosophy it's just like, we're going to fuck shit up. And it's like, why? Because we're going to fuck shit up. And like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I guess. Yeah, why? When people start doing it for not? money, though, you get mad. I don't know. Uh, but I also want to say about uh, this episode, too. Squids. Oh, yeah, squids. <laughs> squids. That's important. Yeah. I got that one. I got that reference. Like Captain America, he says. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was like so weird. And they're trying to... And actually, now that I think about this, and I don't know if they were going with this or like the major theme was going with this, but like, you know how Watchmen had its own agenda in the comic book itself. This has an entirely, completely Mm -hmm. different agenda. So revisionist history. I mean, does that make any sense? The show? You're trying to say the show is revisionist history? Yeah, because that's what they're they were trying to do, like paint the white person as like the the greatest thing ever, and so they're trying to. Maybe I'm just like talking out of school, but yeah. Wait, I don't. Where are you seeing that? That's what I'm at. Like, what part of the show is giving you that? Wait, I'm confused. How did we get on here from squids? <laughs> well, Wait, yeah, what? no, I totally like went a left, took a left turn. Uh, okay, first of all, the Watchmen already takes place in an alternate history. Yes. So you already yes. have an alternate eighty-five. This is now an alternate two thousand nineteen. So you're just saying it's another alternate universe? It's the same alternate universe. Yeah, it's just a lot of the events that unfolded. Were, Thirty uh, years different. in the future. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but it's not actually replicating the comic. So, I mean... Well, you can't really replicate the comic at this point because the comics was set, like, what, 30... The comic is set in 1985. Yeah, yeah. The original Minutemen are set in the 1940s, Mm -hmm. and then these people are set in 2019. They are all on the same timeline. Okay. That's why... There's um, a 40-year gap between the fucking Minutemen and the fucking... Oh, my God. How old yeah. is the fucking comedian? I... No, well, what happens is that, so in the 1940s, you have the Minutemen, and then uh-huh. 
they break up somewhere around the 50s and the 60s. Yeah. And then I think around the 60s is when they start getting like the laws in place and say like, oh, like costume vigilantism is illegal. Yeah. So the comedian winds up working for the government after that. Yeah, and, and I think it's just shit, yeah. Night Owl and yeah. Rorschach who are like sort of quietly doing things here and there, but not really. I think mm-hmm. Rorschach's the only one who's like really been in it the whole time, or like maybe picks it up in the eighties. I'm not entirely sure what his story, his timeline is, but yeah. in the eighty-five one, um, he's the one who finds like he finds out that the comedian's dead because he comes across the murder. He realizes it's the comedian because at this point he's been using his government name because he's been working for the government. Mm -hmm. And so that's when he goes to night owl and he's like, Hey, I think they're killing off the watchman. And of course, night owls like, Oh, that sucks. I'm one of them. And so, you know, my chick still expect her. So then they got to go do that whole thing. Although I think she's banging Dr. Manhattan at that point. Yeah. 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 And we have the new Dr. Manhattan story is really my favorite thing of Watchmen personally. Um, so I thought it was really cool that and again, future spoilers, that they do bring him in because they can't not bring him in. It almost feels like you can't really have Watchmen without him. Yeah, and when the but, squid, when, as you mentioned the squid thing, that was totally a callback to Manhattan because mm-hmm. in the original comic, uh, they didn't do the in like in the movies the um they blamed on, on Doctor Manhattan destroying everyone, but in the comic they blamed it on it's stupid, but they blamed it on a giant teleporting squid, which squid. they said was like yeah. I think like an alien invasion or something. Yeah, yeah, they take it as an alien invasion. Uh, Ozymandias manufactures it so that it looks like an alien invasion, so then everybody exactly. like freaks out. And so what, when the squids night. happened in this pilot, I was like, oh shit, I get it because it's. <laughs> Manhattan, yeah. you still have to be careful because I'll occasionally teleport squids, I guess. Uh, well, uh, Manhattan had nothing to do with teleporting the squid, as far as I understand. Oh, no, no, like, yes, in the, in the, um, in the actual, in the actual, like, teleporting of it, yes, but in terms of the fear-mongering, I believe yeah. that's, that's what they use the, yeah. as, right? No, that's true. Yeah. yeah, no, that makes sense. But yeah. anyway, so, getting back to the episode. Yes. <laughs> um, getting back to the episode. Wide it, it, ranging. Ahead, so the cop pulls over the guy. The guy ends up shooting the cop. Uh, we find out that the police have to wear masks now because there was an incident uh, about, I forget like how long ago, uh, a couple of years, four years ago maybe, mm-hmm. um, yeah. when it was called the White Knight. And it's basically like these yeah. cavalry members who are the new KKK, they go Seventh out and they cavalry. kill a bunch of cops. Mm-hmm. And so what? because of why that, they, the police decide the that they have to wear masks and they can't tell their families what they do. And it's very hush-hush and secretive. And essentially, it's kind of ironic to me because they outlaw vigilantism, but now the cops are essentially vigilantes because the cops wear mm-hmm. masks. They they A lot of them seem to wear, like the plane officers seem to wear just a normal kind of a gaiter. Like a yellow like mask. Like a neck gaiter. Mm-hmm. Whereas the detectives wear more stylized masks. You mm-hmm. have Looking Glass, who has the reflective headgear. Well, you shout have... out to Tim Blake Nelson for that. What? I said shout out to Tim Blake Nelson for that. Is that the he... actor? Yeah. He wears oh. the reflective mask. He's... Yeah. He's very good. I like his character a lot. Yeah. Um, He's You Wade. have Red Scare, I think his name is. Red uh, Scare, who is the Russian? The Russian guy. 
Uh, I forget what the girl's name is, the other girl. She has, like, kind of a weird one. It's, like, fishnet something or whether. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. forget her name. Oh, Pirate Jenny. I think it's Pirate Jenny. That's a that's an awesome name. Yeah, and I think that's why, because she has, like, the... It's almost like um, netting is, like, Oh, that, you know, that totally mask. makes sense. It's, like, the stupidest mask you could wear, but either way, they like yeah, Well, her. yeah, because you could see the entire face. Yeah. Um, and then you have Sister Knight, who is played by Regina King, fantastically, yes. by the way, mm-hmm. uh, who wears a nun habit, kind of, but not really, and then a um, a black neck gaiter, and then she sprays her eyes with black spray paint, which is pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Technically, she doesn't wear a gaiter. She wears a nun's habit and a balaclava. Oh, yeah, that's right. They said that. I don't know what the fuck a balaclava is. Again, it's I believe like, it's a sweet uh, dessert dish that you put honey on. <laughs> That's baklava. <laughs> exactly. Like you just you said like the same thing last time. I said balaclava. I'm like, it's not a dessert. It's not a sweet dessert. It's a it is something dessert it, that you wear when you ski. <laughs> that you wear when you rob somebody. Yes. Anyway, but she's the detective for the police force, and so is Wade who is Tim Blake Nelson. And I have to say that, like, I haven't seen him since Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, I'm also either. just laughing because he has three first names. Exactly. He <laughs> has Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake <laughs> sorry. Nelson. Yes. Three first names. Okay, sorry. Not a serial killer. John Michael Vincent. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Any more, Christian? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Just put him out right now. Just pew pew. pew. But uh, <laughs> dude's awesome. I like, and I love his acting because he play. He like downplays it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree, Norton, that like his character is very downplayed. Um, I like his character. His his character kind of makes me think of. You know those people that they kind of use big words to kind of make themselves seem a lot smarter than they are, but like nine times out of ten, you kind of know they don't know what those words mean? Yeah. I feel like he looks like that, but he is not that, because he actually knows what the fuck he's saying. Like, he has a very understated intelligence. So he's like a sleeper. Yeah. Like, he is not a person that you would... Actually, now that you mention it, he reminds me exactly of what the human equivalent of... uh, Sleepy Gonzalez would be. Sleepy okay, Gonzales? like please explain that. I have no idea what you're saying. I think that was his name. Uh, so remember Who? Speedy Gonzalez from? Oh, Speedy Gonzalez. Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. he had the cousin Sleepy. Oh, okay, okay. I, I, maybe his cousin's sleep, name was Sleepy Rodriguez. No, yeah, I because forget. no, but he was always like supposedly drunk. Yeah, like, like he was always either sleepy or drunk, and, like, Speedy would, you know, try and save his life all the time, and then at the very end, when the cat was, like, about to kill him, he would just yeah, suddenly okay. zap to life and, like, basically just kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, you know, okay. Looney Tune-wise. Yeah. Oh, But that's what that reminded me of. It, it's a person that you easily, um, what do you call them? Uh, you easily underestimate him, and I think that's amazing that mm. they were able to put one of those in a, in a series like that. Hmm. Yeah, because interesting. Oh, Sister Knight comes off as fucking amazing. Like she's awesome. Done. God, oh, no, she's yes. a badass. Through Easy bake oven, badass. Done. 
But I feel yeah. like Wade is very, you know, you kind of look at him and he gets his own bottle episode, which is nice because mm-hmm. you're really kind of curious about him as a person. But you look at him and you think about the things that he does, especially in the first episode when he's introduced, he is the one who runs the um, the little, I think somebody calls it like a white supremacist detection tank at some point. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically the interrogation pod that they use to yeah. uh, find... Oh, that's like the, the lie detector thing, right? Yeah, the, the lie detector. The interrogation the yeah. yeah. I like yeah. that a lot because in college, uh, lie, detect, lie to Me was a show and like oh, yeah. uh, I was all part oh, of that I school like of psychology. I like Lie to Me. Yeah, that, like, that school show. of psychology, I'm like technically like an under, under, under study of that whole branch of field who started that thing. So like I always found lie detection shit fascinating and the science behind it. It's very much implemented in that weird, stupid, like, uh, clip that they show there where, like, everyone, they're seeing the images and they're trying to see whether or not they're into this shit or whether they're lying or not. Like, they're, there's an actual science behind it, which I thought was really cool. And that the fact that they put it in the show was very excellent. To me, that was like the Voight-Kampf test. Yeah, yeah. Norton, do you know what that is? Uh, yeah, sure? I know what that is, okay. asshole. Okay. <laughs> Just, Fuck <sorry>. you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Douchebag. But, <laughs> for those who don't know what the void calm yeah test it's is, from blade runner it. yes it's the way that you tell if somebody is a fucking replica yeah yeah replicant and it's stupid but anyway uh, anyway so the cop you... gets shot and now we cut the pro- we cut to the production of oklahoma mm-hmm. and that okay. leads us to the chief of police judd hopper i believe his name is which I thought mm-hmm. was kind of funny because I'm like, did I hear his last name right? Does he have the uh, exact same last name as the guy from fucking Stranger Things? It, no, his name is Judd Crawford. Oh, it's Crawford. Yeah. Okay. I but I mean, maybe like Hopper. how they say it, like you could think that it's Hopper, Crawford, Hopper. I mean, who knows? I need to put subtitles on when I watch this. Sorry, continue. <laughs> oh, I but, never yeah. watch this. I hate he's, subtitles. He's the chief of police. But yes, he is the chief of police, and he is informed while watching uh, what I think later on gets referred to as Black Oklahoma, which is hilarious. Um, that was so interesting. The fact that they had Black Oklahoma, or the fact that it's referenced as Black Oklahoma? Not, was it referenced as Black Oklahoma? When they're I... at the dinner later on in the episode, yes. Oh, okay. Because no, I, uh, I... I think... Judd kind of comments to his wife about like, oh, we were in the middle of black Oklahoma. And I think Regina Hall's character kind of makes a joke about it. And she's like, you can't say that. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Because like, like everybody knows Oklahoma and everybody knows that it's a pretty white thing. I don't know. I've never seen it. You've never seen Oklahoma? I only know the opening song. And all, all I really know is the one word in it because that's the song. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I gotta be honest. I think I'm in the same boat as you. All I remember is like singing that in recital when I took singing lessons and I was a little kid. So like I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know. And I do know that they did a revival of it recently, and that chick in the wheelchair won. She's like the first oh, yeah, chick in the yeah, wheelchair to ever right. win a Tony. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's dope. Yeah. yeah. She shows up in my. Uh, romance review because of the holiday movies because she actually got oh, to be in a, right. in a holiday movie yeah i feel she bad because i don't know her name off the top of my head so it mm. makes me seem like an asshole but still 
It's okay. Honestly, if there's not a list of, of names uh, in the cast in front of me, I barely remember two. I, I made the... Oh, never mind. I'm not going to say it. But anyway, I will mm-hmm. say that um, it made now recent that you bring up the fact that Oklahoma is pretty white, it is kind of another nail in the coffin on obvious symbolism that this show gets. Gotcha. Yeah. No, oh, I agree. Cicely Tyson died. Anyway. Wait, what? Cicely Tyson died. Oh. She's 96. Pretty good. That's a good yeah. age. Yeah. Anywho, so <laughs> he goes to the hospital, and then, you know, he goes to the house to talk to the widow, and then we cut to a video of Dr. Manhattan on Mars, which we find out later on is stock footage, basically. Is there life <laughs> and on you Mars? Get, that's when you get Regina King talking about separating the egg from the, or the white from the yolk. Yeah. Mm. And mm. that, to me, was like, Probably, in my opinion, almost the syllabus of this entire episode. And it actually comes back kind of like in the last couple of episodes, eggs. Yeah, Hmm. you're right. They do circle back. I mean, again, it is the guy from Lost. So if you're going to do symbolism, he's going to do symbolism and then be like, don't forget it's going to come back. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. If it makes that, you feel better, Christian, this is literally just a one-season show. That much he can do. Okay, I'll <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll take that as a. Uh, that a, was his smartest thing ever. Yeah, it's funny because everyone makes fun of me for hating Lost so much because I loved it when I first watched it. Everybody like, did. When they first watched it. The but first that, like, season okay. should have been the only season. I think they should have ended at season four or five. Personally, four or I, five, I, I yeah. thought getting off the island made the most sense to end the show. Yeah, dude, so much. I so agree with you. I co-sign a thousand percent. And then it's like, no, we need to get back on there. And it's like, why? Yeah, like, what are you going to? Because now we're on the island. Really now off we're the island. Oh, yeah, spoiler right. alert! They're spoiler alert! Like, They're all dead. Uh, and now we're going the back. Internet in was right. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. the the and to get very briefly sidetracked, I will say that I think the biggest problem with Lost was that. The creators paid too much attention to the forums and too much attention to the fan feedback and way too much attention to conspiracy theories or the fan theories because I think it let them, it made them like question their decisions and make decisions in the future that shouldn't have been made. And I think they should have just been like, hey, listen, if some people guess the ending, great. Who gives a fuck? The people who didn't guess it are going to enjoy it. And I think they would have had a much better show if they just, stuck to their guns, done what they were going to do, and been done with it. And the other problem is that when you get a show that has high ratings, the network always wants to drag it out. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. And you that nailed blows, it out of the head. Out of 10, it creates just this awful show after a while where you're like, oh, it was really great the first two seasons, and then after that, I don't really give a fuck. No, you, you nailed it out of the park. That's exactly what I say is wrong with it, too. Although, like, it, for all the hate that I used to give Lost, or I still kind of do, um, Game of Thrones kind of just took over that role for Oh, for yeah. I, yeah. Well, I think the problem with Game of Thrones, too, was the fact that, like, you made a show before the material you were making the show on was finished. Yeah. That's on you. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but once you hit... Because like, as far as I can understand, and I've never watched it, but as far as I know <laughs> from fans... Basically, up until the point where the books stop, it's good. Yeah. And as soon as the books stop and it, it keeps going is when the fans are like, oh, all right. Well, so, like, I it's weird because 
Martin never finished, and like the the big reason we all or not we, but like a large <laughs> amount of the fans dislike his yeah. writing style is because it it meanders a lot, and it never gets to the point, and he just keeps adding more subplots even now. Yeah. So we're kind of just like, when are we gonna get to the ending? Um, so yeah, you're right. Like in the sense that once we ran out of material, uh, we kind of just had to get to the ending, which apparently they were informed of. Uh, ahead of time so like a lot of what you see in the show is going to be the endpoints for a lot of the plot lines but getting there is kind of the thing and the showrunners had no fucking idea how to get there no. i actually don't hate the um the conclusions yeah. but like literally you fast forward through all the the bullshit in two and a half seasons because they had no idea how to land to that inevitable place and it was it was awful to pay everything about it was just bad in terms of how to connect it yeah and i think the you know the problem with that is that after you lose the material and you have to sort of get to these points on your own, then it's like your your regular television executive is going to take over and say like, oh, this is what should happen. This is what should happen. This is what should happen. So it becomes yeah. almost formulaic after a while. Yeah. And what sucks, too, is, uh, again, because Martin, like Martin's I can't say that he's not uh, not blameless in this. A lot of the stuff that happens in those later books have nothing to do with any of the stuff that they, the show covers, basically. Which is why I'm personally, as a, as a book reader as well, going, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> will... It became like a soap opera, basically. It's like, oh, by the way, third, fourth, or fifth removed cousin is alive, and they want to murder them, too, and also they're fighting for the throne. It's like, what the f- Who? Who the fuck is this? <laughs> All right. Anyway. Getting you know back what? to I, you Watchmen. Know, wait, hold on. I, I just have okay. to say this. I will say that George R. R. Martin is a fucking ellipsis. Ellipsis? A dot, dot, dot. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's all he is to me. As a writer, I... Not am a big fan of his, but whatever. I'm a huge fan of his. I just, I just wish there was an actual... <laughs> there was yeah, actual completion, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the same reason I hated Lost, though. Yeah. yeah but anyway. Exactly. Um, I wanted to say this, too, uh, and I think Norton could agree with me, uh, unless you weren't, like, really listening to the soundtrack. But uh, the score is great for this <laughs> show. Because... Yeah, shout out to uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, I think it's Yeah, it Atticus Ross. Nice. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, Same they dudes do a very good did, job. Uh, soul. There's a lot of um, the I I will say the first episode seems to take the most advantage of their nine inch nails background because mm-hmm. the very first episode, like when she starts getting into being Sister Night and going into her little back cave and everything, that's a hundred percent. Like I was like, I'm pretty sure this is nine inch nails. <laughs> like I didn't know they yeah. had anything yeah. to do with the score, but I'm listening to it and I'm thinking. Like yeah, this feels like Nine Inch Nails. This sounds like I know what it is, and I'm not good at music, so. (laughs) No, but you know who your bows are. I do. I know my baby. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so we get to the dead cop. We get to the Judd guy coming out and seeing the dead cop. Goes to the wife. Blah blah blah. We get to the Angela. Angela leads us to the Squids. She is driving her adoptive son home because. She was giving kind of a guest lecture at school about, yeah. you know, how she used to be a cop and then how she runs a bakery now. Yeah. Her kid gets mad because some other kid in class brings up like, oh, did you pay for your bakery with red predations? Which I'm assuming is sort of the uh, 
the snide uh, turn of reparations. You know what uh, the bakery is the called, The president though. for the past, oh, what was it, 30 years, I think it was? What? Yeah, 30 years has been Robert Redford. <clears throat> uh, what? You yeah, kind so of apparently Nixon dies shortly after, I guess, the events of the original Watchmen end. Okay. And Ronald, or sorry, uh, Robert Redford gets elected president instead of Ronald Reagan. Oh my god, my yeah. brain is just Yeah. And he, <laughs> according to the show, has been president for thirty fucking years. It's yeah, yeah I, it's weird. I I tell people that visit the Philippines that it's kinda mm-hmm. like if Ronald Reagan was president and never stopped um for thirty years. And I guess now we have an actual example of that in fiction. Thanks well no, for... this would be Robert Redford. <laughs> okay, sorry, Robert Redford. <laughs> And is as far as I a, know, I want to say Robert of... Redford is a Democrat. Okay. Best guess. I don't know if he's a Democrat in the show. I would assume he is. Um, okay. But it is kind of an interesting example to see because a lot of times you get, um, you know, with Nixon, a lot of people were afraid or, uh, well, I shouldn't say afraid, but if you ever watch Futurama, they kind of treat Nixon <laughs> as sort of a, uh, a prototype dictator and he mm-hmm. winds up winning some election at some point. Um, in mm-hmm. the show, and he winds up just sort of being, you know, president of the United States for the rest of the show, despite the fact that, like, you know, it's well over term. Um, yeah. But I think with a lot of shows and stuff, when they sort of imagine a dictator-esque president, it's a Republican. So it's an mm-hmm. interesting show to decide to flip that and do a, a sort of dictator Democrat as president, assuming he... that he's kind of... not been, or that he has been reelected for the past 30 years or that he okay. like changed the laws. I don't really know how that works for the, for the past 30 years. It said 30 years. Yeah. He's been president for 30 years. Cause they even say at some point on the radio when they're listening to, um, Were the there radio, any terms uh, in... I forget when it is in the show. Cause I wrote it down and I was like 30 fucking years, but they talk about how it's been 30 years of Robert Redford as president. Oh, wow. All so right. it might be why, the uh, the white supremacists in this particular uh, era are so sort of foamy and mad because mm. they lost and they lost big and you have you know they got a white Robert president Redford though I mean how would you lose give out reparations oh mm. interesting okay yeah. uh, this has gotten a lot more cooler the way that you're describing it okay oh so well obviously you did not pay attention to the show but that's fine. Who, me? Yes, 100%. Like... It's okay. It's, it's a lot. And the only reason I'm picking up on a lot of it is because I've watched it twice now. So it helps. Yeah. This um, is technically my third watch, so I don't know. But, but yes, thank you. Usually a second helping is useful. Um, yeah. well, this, like, say... They both were binge watches for me. So like I, you know, it wasn't like I was taking anything in. It was more of a, okay, I watched this quickly. Here's a friend. I'm going to show this to you. And then that's it. Like I didn't actually. I know we totally get into this. That's fine. I, I mean, you have a lot on your plate. Like, you're doing a lot of stuff yeah. anyway, so it's not really that surprising that you would just sort of skim watch it. Yeah, yeah. I, I do intend to focus in on it, though, because, like, a lot of the themes definitely hit harder, you know, post-2020. Yeah. Oh, it, I mean, totally. again, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this and I wanted to write the articles about it is because I think it's very prescient right now because, 100%, you know, especially yeah. 2020, it was extremely, like on point honestly we just didn't get around to watching it until like the end of the year so 
Yeah. We, no, we finally, I, I, I finally watched it, and I'm like, oh, I want to write about this so badly. This is like such a cool show to write All right, about. You know, you so could, cool you, could, you could do this second episode. You could write this second episode. Oh, thanks so much. I mean, honestly, do do you guys like? I I would love to see more of your takes and stuff though, of it personally, mm-hmm. right? just because it seems like you really did your research. You know, so. <laughs> I get very obsessy. It's terrible. That's great for this kind of work, honestly. Uh, it is handy. Yeah. Anyway, so we find out that there is a secret cabal of new Ku Klux Klan people who are called the Cavalry, um, the and they are basically Cavalry. what the Seventh Cavalry. Yes. The Seventh hmm. Cavalry. Why do they and, call the Seventh Cavalry? As compared um, to just the Cavalry. It's probably a Bible thing, honestly. If I had to take I a think, guess. You know what? I think it is. Too. I have Horseman? no idea. Oh, okay. No, yeah, I have no idea <laughs> no, either, because horsemen A lot of four. times they do biblical shit like those people. Mm-hmm. That's why I was assuming horsemen, horsemen of apocalypse. But I'm like, yeah. I think there's like, there's like four of those. I don't think there's <laughs> yeah, seven. Yeah, four. But anyway. No, there's only four horsemen. Yeah. Anyway, so the but anyway, cavalry. So the cavalry's back, and so the chief of police says, like, okay, look, we're going to authorize use of arms until we can figure out, like, who shot this officer. And, you know, because, and I think the show does this pretty well. And I think it's kind of funny because later on when you find out who Judd really is, it's almost sort of this, like, I personally looked at it and was like, wait a minute. So in real life, if you were to shoot an officer, if you were to kill a police officer, the backlash against you is like 20 fold. It's this almost un, unholy <laughs> level of, you know, hate and, and mire thrown at you. Um, I mean, granted, you should never kill anyone anyway, but mm-hmm. people get super pissed if you kill a cop and cops, especially like they will hunt you down. Like you basically like, I don't, I don't even know how to, put it in another good way like you stab them in the face themselves that's how mad you know, it's get. funny is i do agree with you but i'm thinking about last month in the capital riots now and i'm just like yeah fuck <laughs> anyway, yeah. it's like oh we killed a cop or i'm sorry not we but they killed yeah yeah cop and but don't like... forget they were sanctioned and they were white so that helps a lot <laughs> so it's just yeah anyway sorry yeah, anyway, that's like the hall pass and i think that's one of the things that this show brings out pretty well is mm-hmm. this normally, in normal circumstances, when you kill a cop, whether you're white or black or any other race or gender or anything like that, you're basically like persona non grata. Everybody mm. fucking hates you. Everybody wants to kill you. The cops are coming for you. Um, mm. And it's in the show, they treat it as that sort of a situation where like, oh, now one of their own has been killed by the cavalry. We're going to get these motherfuckers. And it's, it's sort of this galvanizing force. But the ironic thing is that much like the way the Capitol went down, you find out that there are actually incels within the police department. You mm. find out that there are actually people who are part of the 7th Cavalry who are pretending or being sleeper cells, as it were, in the police department, sort of pushing an agenda. And my question becomes, does, like... If because oh big spoiler, <laughs> Judd is a member of the Seventh Cavalry. We find out way later. Uh, yeah, he actually yeah. has a clan robe in his closet, uh, which because he has three first names. Angela finds later on, and it sort of devastates her, understandably. Mm-hmm. And so, 
I'm wondering, like, when he activated the cavalry, because I'm guessing his role is probably much like it is in the police, where he's a bit more of an authoritative figure in there. When he activates mm. the cavalry, yeah. does he know that they're going to kill a police officer, or does he tell them, hey, don't kill the cops, or maybe just injure a cop if you have to, blah, mm. blah, blah. Mm. Or does he say, like, hey, listen, if you're going to kill one of my officers, make sure it's one of the black ones. Because the one that gets shot is black. I have to tell you. Well, uh, could I theorize for a moment? Why not? Let's hear what your crazy <laughs> mind comes up with. Because you said, uh, do I have to kill somebody to kind of start to uh, like do this whole thing? If you want to make an omelet, you have to break a couple of eggs. I think that that's where like the whole egg thing comes out again. It could. I, you know, honestly, this isn't the kind of show that would mince words or eggs. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, we scramble them. But yeah. So uh, later on, um, after Sister Knight has been revealed and we find out that it's Angela and like, you know, that she kicks amazing ass. She basically goes to round up, quote-unquote, the usual suspects. She grabs a member of the 7th Cavalry. She beats the shit out of him to interrogate him, which is amazing. Uh, we don't get to see it. It, it happens off-screen. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they go to this cow farm uh, where supposedly the cavalry is uh, convening, for best lack of a better yeah, word. Yeah, convening. Yeah. Um, and that... Uh, plays out as a very interesting shootout just because lots of dead cows, sadly. <laughs> oh my god. It, uh, okay, go. sorry, go on. No, it's like so many dead cows. It's very sad. Um, essentially, they sneak up on the farm and then at some point the cavalry realizes they're there because an alarm goes off like inside their little farmhouse. So they turn on like a big-ass light. They have mm -hmm. apparently like this giant mini... What do you call those things? A Gatling um, gun? Yes, mini Gatling oh. gun. And they fucking just shoot wildly into the crowd of cows in hopes of killing the cops. It, uh, Very it, inefficient, like, okay. Before you continue, I have to say this because I wrote this down. And I want to bring this back. Apparently, uh, say apparently a lot, uh, but uh, Tim Blake Nelson was in A Brother, Where Art Thou? And in A Brother, Where Art Thou? There were cows shot. And when the cows were shot from Babyface Nelson, when he uh, escapes his heist and whatnot, he uses a Thompson to shoot. He says, Oh, not the livestock, George. <laughs> nice. I don't know. I had to, like, put that around, but... Anyway, so the cows get yeah, killed. They stupid. end up uh, almost catching uh, some of them. The guy, the the white supremacist that actually kills the cop in the beginning... Or, no, I'm sorry. He doesn't kill him. He actually just injure him, injures him. Uh, but the guy who severely injures the cop in the beginning, uh, he winds up taking, I think it's a cyanide pill, because, you know, yeah. as one does. As you do. As you do. You're going to treat it like a war, right? I mean, it's a race war. Let's treat it like a war. 
Uh, <laughs> so he takes a cyanide capsule rather than getting caught. And they realize that the, um, the cavalry members have a plane. So the chief oh, yeah. and pirate Jenny are sort of in this, you think it's a van. You think it's like one of those control vans where, you know, like the cops are always seen, they're waiting in it and they're sort of like surveillance, like surveillance van. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. And so you realize that they're not, they're actually in the owl ship from the mm, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. So they actually bring the owl ship in, which is pretty cool. Um, apparently it is not, I guess you only see it twice in the whole movie, which is kind of yeah. the whole show, which is kind of sad. Uh, and mm-hmm. this is the one, this is the the first time. The second time is at the very, very end. Uh, but you see it once in the very beginning, and it does not fly for very long, and it apparently <laughs> can't go very high. But it does, for some reason, have, instead of guns, a flamethrower? Yes, that's from the original. What? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It's what? It's from the original. It has a flamethrower in the original? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's as Okay, so that's going to sound so f- stupid. Alan Moore, because it's Alan Moore. There's a scene where... Uh, <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. You know, uh, go on. It, where uh, Silk Spectre and, um, and Night Owl, they bang, if you remember. Yeah. <laughs> and right when they climax, they kick the, uh, mm-hmm. the button and it launches the flamethrower yep. right as they, mm-hmm. you know. So... I feel that's uh, to be honest. That's the only time I remember them using it. But yes, that ship has a flamethrower, and the only time I they like did it how, was for like you're like all right. for it's the orgasm. only time that I, I remember that. I mean, well, what else do they use the flamethrower? What no, other practical? They don't. No, I, I agree. exactly. I agree. It's it's just because Alan Moore wanted to say, "Hey, let's do a scene where they fuck, and then when they come, it yeah, just exactly. launches flames." <laughs> like, Again, all right, not a subtle this. guy. No, Not a subtle no. guy whatsoever. No, he anyway. did the fucking killing joke, so. <laughs> so, the so, yes, flamethrower, et cetera, ship, yes. Are trying to get away in a biplane, and obviously they get shot down by a flamethrower, as one does. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, I guess this is, this renders the owl ship for some reason inoperable, so it crash lands. That's uh, so and stupid, you... okay. What? Well, I said that's so stupid, but okay. Like, you're gonna tell me that just because they use the flamethrower that it's run out of gas or something? Or I just don't. You, you know, I honestly, I feel like they just really wanted to use the owl ship, and then after that, they were like, "Yeah, we can't have this thing in the show anymore because it would just be." It's almost like the the eagles in the Lord of the Rings. I, like, we I would totally just, hear you. It'd just be that. too easy if we just had the owl ship all the time. So we have to destroy it in the beginning. <laughs> So they Let's can, just like, use them you all. You never ever see it again in the whole show until the very end. I just Am find I it very funny that they even threw it in there. And then, yeah, anyway. Yeah. It's, I mean, they do have enough little, like, fan nods in the show. So I'm guessing the the owl one is almost sort of like a, hey, fans, go ahead and stroke it. Here's your nod. <laughs> that giant <laughs> one that also apparently references an orgasm. Anyway, yeah, so nut it nice. off. <laughs> you can do it. Have fun, kid. <laughs> we got you. Uh, we got you, fans. Anyway. <laughs> So the owl ship crash lands, and at first, Angela is very worried that the chief and pirate Jenny have been killed in the crash. They turn out to be fine. Everybody laughs. It's good old time. Then we cut to uh, the Ozymandias stuff, which, again, we don't know it's Ozymandias. Um, Mm -hmm. And basically, all I can really say about that is he's this old white dude living on this palatial uh, estate that you think maybe is in England or Scotland or some fuck place over there. 
and he has these. <laughs> I love your way with words. Very happy to see him, and they're <laughs> they're celebrating an anniversary of his. They give him a mm. watch. He's like, I wrote a play. I'm going to call it The Watchmaker's Son. We're going to perform it when it's done. They're all like, yeah, it's great. And then we cut back to real life. Yeah. No. And it's played by the incomparable Jeremy Irons. I mean, come on. Yes. Jeremy yes. Irons plays Ozymandias. And I think he does a fantastic job. Oh, no, he 100%. does. He mm-hmm. is amazing. Um and I actually really like the two servants, although they don't get a lot of attention in this first episode for obvious reasons. Yeah. I mean, mm. usually servants in a show don't really, again, serve much purpose otherwise. Uh, so they do kind of get ignored as background characters, but they hold become on. more important later on. Hold on. They don't serve us? No, they don't serve much purpose otherwise. All right, that joke. I was already making a pun, fuckface. You don't need to make more of a pun. <laughs> Just this isn't puns on puns on puns. It could be. But no. Anyway. Anyway, so then we cut back to dinner with Angela, her husband Calvin, her three adopted children, who we find out later were yeah. actually the children of her former partner who was killed on the White Knight. And yeah. her and Calvin okay. adopted them. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Judd and his wife. Yeah. And that's when yeah. we find out that, you know, Judd left the Oklahoma production. That's when he makes the whole black Oklahoma joke. Um, and he sings at the end because they sort of want him to sing. He also mm-hmm. does cocaine for no apparent reason whatsoever. I'm not really sure why they bring it up. Because they can't. It just shows yeah, that he's a not? reckless guy. It's yeah. like, oh, you know, just so you know, he's not a good guy because he does cocaine. I, I immediately uh, giggled when I saw that scene because I was like, oh, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. It's so it's so fucking random. Like, it's the most it's random right fucking white. thing. I was like, why? But all right, whatever. Um, well, I guess that- oh, you might have a point there, Rob, because, like, cocaine. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm saying this. Cocaine is a how can I say this and not be racist? I'm going to say it anyway. Cocaine is a say white it. man's drug. Oh, no, yeah. Crack that's is a very black man's true. Drug. It's a so rich white man's drug. Yeah, yeah, but crack is a black man's drug, so it's very... Very true. Same yeah, thing, but true. different... I mean, it's, yeah. again, not a subtle show. Not at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so, but... yeah, it's almost kind of like he is injecting himself with as much whiteness as he possibly get. <laughs> so, oh once God. that's done, it cuts yeah. to uh, Angela and him talking outside. She's very worried about the whole 7th Cavalry thing. And he's sort of like, no, everything's going to be fine. And I think the cocaine kind of makes him a little loose because he does <laughs> sort of tip his hand, even though we don't know it at the time. You only really get it when you watch it a second time. He's very mm, sort of yeah. flipping about the whole thing. And he even makes like the little reference to the 7th Cavalry's uh, TikTok that they keep saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TikTok, TikTok. TikTok, TikTok, the time is running out. What are you, fucking white rabbits, you coals? That thing, yeah, that thing confused. Well... It didn't confuse me as much as it was kind of annoying to me. It was just like, what? It's <laughs> annoying, but it'll make sense later on in the series. It, okay. it actually makes a whole lot of sense it later on in the series, but it's one of those things of where sense. it's like, okay. I I almost, I like that the show is only nine episodes because it's digestible. Would, would you actually do a second season if it were to be available? I don't know. I think it's a very good one season show. I don't think they exactly. need to do a I think so season. too. 
And I, I, I'll be kind of sad if they actually make a second season because I'm going to be like, first of all, you'll be happy, Christian, because Damien said he wants nothing to do with it if they make a second season. Oh, awesome. <laughs> then I want a second season. <laughs> <laughs> but I would kind of be like, I don't really know where you're going to go with it because to me, this season kind of works perfectly as, again, the themes that explore it. Like when I was watching the, the behind the scenes material for this, uh, mm-hmm. Damien kept talking about how like, oh, it's really a show about how people act when they're when they have masks on. And I'm thinking to myself, like, did we watch the same show? Because to me, this is almost like a, a huge essay on racism. <laughs> it's so funny that you say that, because, you know, between the race stuff and the mask stuff, I'm like, man, it's like they turned 2020 into a TV show before. Yes. 2020. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it's it's almost kind of. It, it's kind of scary how predictive it is. That's kind of why of I wanted to redo the rewatch, honestly, because like, I feel like I care a lot more now compared to <laughs> when I first yeah. watched it. And I, I guess that makes me sound a little bit of a racist. But eh, I mean, I, I think it, it helps to know what the show is kind of going to lead to. Like, if you're just watching it, I kind of admit, like, I had known about the show like when it came out and I was sort of interested in it, but I just never got around to watching it. And I really mm-hmm. did want to watch it. I was just, you know, being a lazy asshole. And then finally, when I actually got to sit down and watch it, I do remember watching the first episode and kind of just being like, what the holy fucking hats. But <laughs> I liked it and I wanted more largely because not because of the, the racism themes and the mask themes and any of that shit, but just because I really thought that, I loved Regina King. I loved the Sister Knight character. I loved Angela. I loved like that whole dichotomy in action. And I kind of liked the fact that they sort of falsely set it up as a murder mystery. And then it turns into a completely yeah. different thing as you watch it. Okay, now, now I'm hooked. Now, now, now I got to finish this and see what <laughs> happens. Because <laughs> that sounds really cool. But On yeah. top of the fact that, like, no, it's you know, amazing. Uh, what is it? The... I think what it was for me when I first watched it too was a part of my brain was like, this this could never really happen, and then 2020 happened, and now I'm like, okay, well, I guess I yeah, like any like and all all bets are off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of yeah. it. Like I I just for me I was like, it seems kind of ludicrous that things could escalate this way, and literally last year happened, and now I'm very much in the in the boat of okay, maybe I should have paid more attention because this could have helped when this shit started going down. So, yeah. Anyway. I mean, I I think ultimately the show is, to me at least, I mean, what I get from it is that it's it's largely, and I mean, I was going to write this in my article, so I'll just say it here because I'm not going to write my article, at least for this episode. But I was going to say that to me, uh, the character of Judd Crawford, I guess his name is now. Yeah. (laughs) I got his name wrong. No. Uh, But the character of Judd to me is America. Like he's, he is a very good symbol, symbol for America because he is this, he seems to the public eye, like a very progressive, very friendly, very open person. Who's like, you know, I love, you know, human beings as human beings, but then secretly he's venerating a racist history and he's sort of, he's, secretly harboring this this racist side to him 
that he doesn't necessarily want to face, which is why I think he puts it in the closet and hides it away. But he also does put it out front because he has a picture of him with his father, who I believe, not 100% because I haven't quite followed up on this yet, but I believe is the uh, chief of police from the episode six where they're in the 40s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who kind of starts the whole Cyclops thing. And so, or at least is a member of Cyclops. And so to me, I, I sort of feel like the Judd character embodies America in that sort of fucked up way where it's like, we want to be a country that is the public persona that Judd presents, but we can't do that unless we face our history and we sort of come to terms with it and say, okay, yes, this happened. It sucked. It was horrible, but let's actually try to make amends for once. No, I I totally agree. Yeah, no, me too. And Judd winds up at the end of the episode, spoilers, dead. And I think part of that is because again, much like America, his racist path catches up to him. Oh, Mm. chickens coming home to roost, baby. Yeah. And I, I, when I watched it um, and he dies, you know, when he's hanging there from the tree and everything and you just see the, uh, the black dude sitting in the wheelchair underneath him, you think for a second, like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. Like, did he just wheel up to this tree, see the cop there and then call Angela? Yeah. And then you find out what just... happens later on. And it's a very amazing yeah. story. And we'll get to it through other episodes. Yeah. But. Just that moment, you kind of you do feel bad in that moment because you've gotten to know this person. As far as you know, he's friends with Angela, so you sort of you feel bad for his loss, for her loss. Yeah. Mm. No, that's where that's the beat that I ended on too. I was actually yeah. surprised. Okay, that's a good yeah. beat. And it's a and I think that's a testament to a good show when it's like I don't really give a fuck about Judd as a person. I don't know him. I don't care. Like I don't really care. But because Angela knows him, because she likes him, because she loves him and has this relationship with him, then I feel bad mm-hmm. for her when he dies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's very layered. I like that in terms of the story building. See, it's a better show than you thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. I, um, um, yeah. Oh, and then the only other thing that kind of happens in the episode that sort of touches in and out is, um, and again, sort of goes to themes of, uh, history and, and revisionist history, as Rob was mentioning, is the American Hero Story series that they're promoting Ooh, throughout, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is essentially a retelling of the Minute Minutemen. The Minutemen, yep. Oh. And like their history, and it's kind of funny because <clears throat> later on in the show, um, you get a little bit more of it in terms of you actually get to see a little bit of, of episodes that they're airing. Uh, but in the first episode, you really just get to see like trailers for it and there's sort of promotions going on for it. And it's funny that it's called American Hero Story because, again, you're living in this 2019 world where these 1940 vigilantes now would have been labeled criminals because, you know, they're they're vigilantes and it's illegal. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. because they're historical figures in this particular version they're now heroes. they're sort of venerated and they're sort of given this whitewashed history which we'll see is exactly that hmm. um but i like that too the element of like like rob said the re- that's where the revisionist history comes in because that's where they decide like oh we're gonna call this american hero story which is it's almost kind of makes me feel like 
it's a Fox News type thing. Because as long as you stick America in it, you can say whatever the fuck you America. want. And you can yeah. show whatever the fuck you want. And people are going to be like, oh, it's patriotic. And it's like, no, it's a lie. No, yeah. And they're super violent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm scared of you people. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, oddly enough, they do put out a pretty good warning before the show comes on. I will say that. That uh, yeah. The the American, uh, what's it called? American Hero Story. I just said yeah. it like five yeah. times and forgot yeah. it, but <laughs> it's uh that you get to see um the start of an episode in one of the episodes, and the disclaimer before it is pretty heavy. <laughs> They're like, hmm, look. Interesting. It's it's going to be uber violent. There's going to be a lot of racism, some sexism, probably a lot of sexism, probably some just horrible things going on. If you have small children, maybe not let them watch this. Why would you let well, children watch this? No, of course. <laughs> let them watch Because that. it's American hero story, Christian. They're American <sighs> heroes. So why wouldn't you? I guess. Uh, but so yeah, so that is yeah. episode one of Watchmen, uh, titled mm-hmm. "We're Gonna Need More Ice." It's hot out here, or something, or it's summer. I, I again, yeah, it's summer. Don't know the fucking line. Mm-hmm. But they but do. We know um, that they need to cool down. So they end ice. the episode with the song that that line is in. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Which yep. again is the song that plays when Judd's hanging from the tree, and I think it's yeah. from Oklahoma. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, the only other weird thing about the series that I will say, um, and I'll probably mention this in future podcasts about it, uh, right. and probably my article too, is I think it's very weird that it all sort of takes place in Oklahoma because as much as the show is kind of good at sort of hinting at the America that we know, like the whole United States, it's very bottleneck to just Oklahoma. But you know what, like, the whole Oklahoma, Tulsa thing is. No, 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 is. I get it. I, I really do. Like, I understand that part, and I know why they center it to Oklahoma. But when it comes to, like, the end of the show, when, when we go through all this podcast and we get to the, the final big spoiler thing and everything, it's going to kind of be like, well, what happened in the rest of the country? <laughs> You brought up a really good point, and I guess we'll look into that as we continue and we get there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what? Um, I agree. Uh, final thoughts. Sign up. I don't know. Uh, final <laughs> thoughts to conclude this. on that. Um, and I'm just gonna leave on this right now. The first episode was fucking brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a pilot, I, I really liked it. I thought it was a very solid pilot episode. It's good introduction of characters, good introduction of themes, good introduction of antagonists. You have sort of the weird um, red herring at the end that you think is going to be the rest of the show, and then it's not, which is amazing. Mm. I uh, I I liked it. I just had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I wasn't sure how it turned in, uh, how connect to Watchmen, but uh, the more that I know... Or the more that I watch later on, the more, that, the you more know. that I read about Rainbow. it. Yep. Yeah, the... that's all I was thinking. Do 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 do. But like, yeah. So it, it sounds it sounds like uh, it's a cool it's a cool show and stuff. I'm glad that we'll be you know exploring. We're going to be exploring it and months. Christian, yeah. uh, like as a screenwriter yourself, 
we are yeah. both we can actually talk more about the writing aspect of this yeah definitely i mean like it's it's just story so i think i think you know it's it's just seeing what we like don't like and stuff and what works because because even non-writers have very good takes on story i like i like talking to people who don't think about it in terms of the the plot and the structure because um they'll see things that you think everyone assumedly you're assuming knows but you know yeah uh, isn't necessarily there which is really cool i think yeah that's Um, actually pretty cool do you want to sign us out or what i'm not sure Uh, (laughs) you know what Um, i'm gonna have norton sign us out all right everybody thanks for listening to our watchman episode one podcast i'm norton and i'm out all right, I'm Kajewski, and I'm out, you ball bags. And I'm I'm Christian, as you guys know. And uh, follow us on WorkPrint.com. That's all. <laughs> Take care. Uh, should I?